Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the DC Beer Show. Uh, it's been a crazy few weeks. I hope you've listened to the last couple of episodes. We've had some great conversations with both local folks and folks around the country about how the pandemic and subsequent reactions to it are impacting the craft beer industry and brewers. But today I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to have a happy hour with some of my friends. I am joined today by Jacob Berg. Hey, hey. Michael Stein. Always good to be here, Richard. And Brandy Holder. Hi. <laughs> I'm so glad to see your shiny faces. Oh, yeah. It's been it's so been a while. long. Yeah. Weeks, weeks and weeks. And I mean, for many of us, like we would we we were seeing each other, you know, four or five times a week and to go to zero. It's been really, really hard for me. Um, so today we're just gonna hang out. We're gonna drink some beer. We're gonna talk about what's going on and how we're all dealing with it. So I am drinking a delicious uh Makadocious Maybach from Denizens right now, enjoying it. Um, okay, actually, it's 11 o'clock in the morning, so I think I may be the only one drinking beer, but is anybody else drinking? You're the daddy of the Mac Dad with your Macadocious Maybach. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's <laughs> Mike with wild. the rhymes this morning. Uh-huh. We're starting off rapping early. So I, I am up to coffee cup number two, which uh, is a lovely Parlor Coffee, the Wallabout Blend from Parlor Coffee, which was delivered by NRG Provisions to me the day before yesterday. Ooh, nice. wonderful. And I've got it in my Jasper yeast mug. So every time I take a sip, I see Travis Tedrow, the last man to bring a, a Great American Beer Festival medal to the District of Columbia, and a Jasper Ackerboom, or the Flying Dutch Boom, as I like to refer to him. I love that. I love that. Brandy, are you drinking? It's 11 o'clock. Uh, I can. I'd have to go to the refrigerator <laughs> real quick, which is you downstairs. Don't have to. You don't have I'm, to. I'm cool with it. All I have been doing is drinking <laughs> yeah. and eating. And I think I'm six pounds heavier than I was two weeks ago. But Brandy, wow. you're sacrificing for the DC beer listenership by not, you know, you could leave the audio now and it wouldn't be as good because you'd be running to the fridge. It'll take a second if you want me to have a beer. <laughs> Go grab a beer. Okay. Go grab a all beer, right. Brandy. I'll be right back. Jake, what are you drinking? We're all, we're all putting on the, the COVID-19 instead of the freshman 15 here. Um, as we're under stay at home and various orders and such. Um, like Mike, it is since it's 11 a.m., I am on the second cup of coffee. It is a single origin um, Ethiopian from Zeke's on Rhode Island Ave in Northeast DC. Uh, and I'll put in the shameless plug that Zeke's will deliver, or you can pick up there using appropriate social distancing. We're going to talk a little bit about this delivery thing that now everybody's doing. Mike, let me ask you, since you have now ordered from Neighborhood Provisions, the delivery service that was created by the Neighborhood Restaurant Group, we had Greg Engert on the show last week to tell us about everything they're doing, and it's a really innovative program. How's it working for, as somebody who's used it, Mike? It seems pretty seamless. I have ordered from Blue Jacket uh, thrice times, but then earlier this week was the first time from Provisions. So the Blue Jacket order came Wednesday. Uh, I got a case uh, for the company Hellas and uh, half a case of um, self-portrait, the, uh, the Pilsner, which both just wonderful lagers. Um, and then the provisions came 24 hours later on Thursday, as promised. We finished up the hot dogs last night, and uh, I have a uh, cold smoke or smoked chicken. So I need to pick your collective brains. So it's a cook. The, the chicken is, I guess, cooked. It's smoked. But then what do I do? Do I go crispy a la 
you know, a, a Mandarin duck house or do I go slow and low just to heat it up? I, 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 ha I have a suggestion. I would go enchiladas. 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 Ooh. I would, I Ooh. would, I would pull that chicken apart and, yep. and roll it up in some corn tortillas. Uh, Dang. Yeah. With some cheese and some, uh, some verde sauce. That's uh, and go with yeah, some verde. All right, boom, there it is. Thank you, Richard. Mm -hmm. A smoked um, chicken in enchiladas is freaking amazing. Yeah. All right, I'm... that's the cooking portion of the show. <laughs> Next, Ina Gardner. I'm back. Welcome back. What are you drinking, Randy? So um, I will. I want to give the biggest shout out to Hellbender. I mean, I always shout out to Hellbender. Yeah, yeah. But Hellbender is seven minute walk from my house. Um, and it's my neighborhood brewery and I love those guys are my favorite. They have been supplying me with so much beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have gone through, um, probably let's see, I went on Wednesday and got five crawlers Ooh. and then three, two, six packs. And, and then four days before I got three more, three or four more crawlers. I've been killing some beer guys i'm not gonna open the crowler right now it's too early for that shit but <laughs> uh but hellbender has been supplying me with lots of uh crawlers um awesome. so this is the doomsday whistle saison but i got a little sneak peek <gasps> on wednesday when i went and it serves you rice which is a collaboration serves between, you rice yeah between uh hellbender black narrows brewing and um think rice uh, yeah. And they Ooh. use purple rice in the saison. It's really good. They officially released it yesterday, mm -hmm. um, but I and you're extra special. I got a sneak peek and got a six pack on Wednesday. So thanks, <laughs> Ben and LT. What's up? Shout out to Ben. Shout out <laughs> to yeah. LT. Love you guys. I'm a normie, and so I was there <laughs> yesterday on okay. the actual release day. Um, I got what I call the the Hellbender Black Narrows combo pack, which is the Doomsday Whistle Crawler and also the the six pack of Serves You Rice. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. In the words of Oxbow Brewing, blaze on with your saison. Oh, <laughs> I think I, I think I've been solely keeping Hellbender in business for the past two weeks, just mm. with my money alone. So well, yeah, I'm shout out to all those guys. I'm definitely due for a Hellbender uh, trip. So I have been to since this started. As soon as I knew I was locking down, and and I think I've said it on the show before, but my we share our home with my 86 year old mother in law. So as soon as this started to get real, we realized she was very, very high risk and we locked down. And the first thing I did was buy a, was go to uh, Silver Branch and buy a case of beer. And that lasted the first week. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Then, and, and by the way, I'm the only person in my household of now four who drinks beer on a regular basis. Um, Your wife drinks beer? She does, but not, on a okay. not, not daily. Okay. <laughs> not multiple times a day. She's more of a have a couple on the weekend kind of person. Uh, she drinks more when we used to go out. She drinks less beer. She's drinking a lot of liquor. Anyway, I, I recall her having a fine taste when y'all went to the Sovereign with some like Jester King, Cantillon, mm. Dre Fontaine, the thirty to sixty dollar bottle. Uh, yes, vintages. <laughs> yes, my my lovely wife does like sours. Uh, a lot. Actually, I'll try to get back into the story. So then the week two, I bought, I went on a tour and I bought some, I bought some elder pine at, cra at craft brew cellar, craft beer cellar. And then I bought a couple of growlers. Oh, I bought a growler in dinner at Red Bear. 
picked up uh, a four pack of the cherry lime sour from Three Stars, and then had a case of beer delivered from Denison's. Now that's almost over. Out. We're basically single-handedly keeping all DC and metropolitan area breweries open. I feel. I like. hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Shout out yeah. to Erica at Craft Beer Cellar. Love yes. you, Erica. Ooh, Erica Goodrich. Yes. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep going, girl. You are crushing it. Yeah. I miss and my Hellbender or my Red Bear guys. Oh my gosh, I miss them so much. I was seeing I them once or twice a week. So. I'm having a hard time. My, you guys know how extroverted and social I am, so I yes. Uh, yes. hunkering down is difficult. <laughs> it is. It is for somebody like you, Brandy, who is out every night, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be at home every night, I know is hard. I feel you. So let's uh, reminisce. The last time I saw you guys, you were fresh off a Red Bear jaunt, and you stopped at the Amaro joint on your way to come see me at DC Brow before... We went yes. up, is that right? Oh yeah, Don Chichio. Yeah. Yeah. We did a All we the did local the... distilleries are making a whole bunch of hand sanitizer. Yes. So shout out happening to all over the country. Everybody No, I know. Well they sanitizer. have to. Yeah. That's where I'm heading right after I'm done with this and drying my hair is going to Cotton and Reed and filling bottles of hand sanitizer for probably four hours. So wow. Yay! Thank you for doing your part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Shout out it gets to me out of the house in a very sanitary environment. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Slathering sure. yourself the sanitizer <laughs> as you put it in bottles yeah that's yeah. great though that's great that you're doing it and tell everybody at cotton and reed how much we appreciate they're doing it yeah of course um yeah. but yeah the the distilleries are doing what they have to do and all I of have, us are buying beer i've lost track do we have uh brandy do you know off the top how many distilleries are making hand sanitizer uh i know cotton and reed mm-hmm. is for public distribution as well um uh. they're making a ton 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 i know Don Ciccio is. So most of these places are making them for first responders, um, you know, hospitals, fire departments, et cetera, et cetera. I know that one eight is, I'm not sure on what scale they are. Um, I know that New Columbia Distillers is making some hand sanitizer, but not for public. I mean, it's just for like first responders and government mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and uh, who, who, who am I missing? Republic restoratives. You know, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think everyone has to. I just don't know on what scale. Mm-hmm. I know that I... Cotton and Reed right now is doing it bigly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And a bunch yeah. of these places, you should order from them. Um, and if you order bottles of booze, they'll give you small bottles of hand sanitizer as well. It's yeah. a nice way to avoid the grocery store shortages and such. Plus, exactly. Plus, the Cotton and Reed one, it smells a little bit like the spices. Um that they use in the rum. So it's delightful. You smell like a booze hound. Yeah. Super fresh, super clean. Jake, did you put your rum down before you smelled the hand sanitizer? <laughs> or were you, did you? I be, so um, safety first. I stuck my nose in the hand sanitizer before um, I did anything with the rum. And the hand sanitizer kind of sort of smelled like it might taste good. But no, you mustn't do it. No, I mean, they're, they put essential oils in it. So, yeah. Yeah. But like grapefruit and stuff and lime. I have a funny story. I have a friend of mine who uh, works as a psychiatrist who works at a hospital in the, in the, in the West used to tell me stories about how at their hospital, back when hand sanitizer became a thing. Y'all remember that? There was a time when hand sanitizer wasn't really a thing and then it was everywhere. 
they installed hand sanitizer dispenser things all over this hospital, but it's a mostly psychiatric hospital. They have a lot of alcoholics, and they found that the alcoholics were literally using the hand sanitizer to like fill their hands and then like suck it up to get the alcohol out oh, of it, man. even though it's a completely different kind of alcohol. Right. Yikes. That scared the shit um, out of me. Luckily, distilleries and breweries are essential. Yes. Essential places are. of business in this lockdown situation. Oh, God. And thank, yeah. God. thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, because I think I, it's the only thing that's stopping rioting in the streets. So long as we're talking about the distilleries and hand, and hand sanitizer, I believe that 1-8 is actually distilling some beer into the hand sanitizer. Correct. Correct. I believe. Oh. Um, I think Hellbender's Redline and um, oh, DC yeah. Brown's Wings. Brown gave on the wings of Armageddon yeah. and public, and then not to be outdone, Ancho also gave cider that was put through the still for purposes of making hand sanitizer. So both breweries and cidery. So one eight's doing that. Yeah, but again, this is for external use only. Oh, I know. It's not like right. oh, the brow. Um, or the yeah. Grampus, like Nut Brown, that one eight does. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah. This is hand sanitizer. Almonds. Yes, yes. It's a different kind of alcohol. Your body metabolizes it differently. Um, it don't is. drink it. Yeah, don't drink. Don't it. drink hand or sanitizer. your hands only. Um, but I'd like to talk to them about about that because that's an interesting approach. Uh, and the fact that the breweries are are giving beer for that. Uh, one of the things that Bob Pease and I talked about in last week's episode was. Uh, something I hadn't thought about prior to my conversation with him, which is how much beer is essentially going to go bad on shelves and in kegs, uh, simply because this the this of everything going on. There's just beer that's out there that's never going to make it into into consumers' hands. Uh, and so, if you can turn it into hand sanitizer, yeah, that's something. Definitely. The alternative is I saw a pizza place online that I think is in Massachusetts that took gallon milk jugs. And was filling them with Hopslam and selling them with pizza. And a, gal- <laughs> a gallon of um, Hopslam in a milk jug would run you something like 14 bucks. It's a brave new world out there, folks. That's crazy. They would never allow that around here, of course. No. Um, uh, God forbid for, you put something in a sealed container. You put <laughs> the air quotes around that. I mean, not that there are places here that would sell you a shot of Malort. Or Poppy, or Poppy Van Winkle in a to-go ketchup container with electrical tape wrapped around it. That's something that would certainly never happen. <laughs> never. Well, it's, never. It's, I know it's been difficult for some of the distilleries to find containers uh, to distribute the hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so all the local distilleries have become hand sanitizing uh, producer, producers yep. instead of beer producers. And it's, I don't know. I mean, this won't last forever. But it's really, I don't know, it's weird. And, you know, everyone feels, we all feel weird, but just think about the brewers and the distillers who are used to making, you know, spirits for us to drink. (laughs) They're making stuff for us to put on our hands. So, I don't know. I I think everyone feels weird. Yeah, and one of the things that I found really interesting in in talking to folks for the show and for the website and everything over the last couple of weeks, as well as talking to people for another show we started called Corona Comfort, which is a podcast that talks about, basically it's interviews with people who are doing things to help communities and neighbors sort of get through this, whether it's delivering food or sewing masks. In a couple of cases, I've talked to CEOs of companies who have essentially changed their business models 
to make things free. But the amount of innovation that small businesses are having to go through to survive this situation has been really interesting to me. And in, and in those conversations, understanding that a lot of them are actually going to maintain these new business models to a certain extent after the fact. I don't know that distilleries will continue to produce hand sanitizer at any scale. They after might. This, <laughs> but they might. And a lot of the breweries that I've talked to have said, you know, now that we have infrastructure for deliveries, if they let us keep delivering, we'll probably keep delivering. You know, Brendan O'Leary at, at True Respite in Montgomery County. He was on the show a couple of weeks ago. And when he and Bailey, his wife and co-founder, started started seeing this happen in Italy, they just assumed it was coming here. And so they started building, building the Beer Me product, uh, you know, the website that basically now you can order beer delivered pretty much all over Montgomery County and into PG County, I think, from Silver Branch, True Respite, Hysteria, and a bunch of other breweries. And that was just a business that that they came up with in response to this. So there's a lot of innovation that everybody's doing. Neighborhood Restaurant Group and Neighborhood Provisions. You know, when I talked to Greg about that, his thought was, yeah, we're probably, there's a 100% chance that we're going to keep trying to do something like this when this is all over. So hopefully the innovation will help people bounce back from this. Beer Me is really interesting too, because you know, getting closer to us in the district outside um, PG and MoCo, like I did a, a craft beer seller shop where I bought a case and a half of beer from Beer Me, um, you know, it was their delivery service. So I'm helping Erica out at the craft beer seller. I'm helping Port City out. I'm helping DC Brow out. I brought, you know, dueling Pilsners. And then uh, just for, for shits and giggles, my wife threw in a four pack of Duvel. So we had, you know, the the, the nice 4, 4.5, 4.8 Pilsners and then the 8 or 8.5, whatever it is, Belgian Golden Ale. Um, and it feels good because, you know, while Duvel doesn't need our business, Erica does. Right. And yeah, and, and it's interesting then, too, to see how a brewer in uh, True Respites Montgomery, is it? Mm-hmm. Moco is helping, a, you know, a small business owner in the district, right, is helping a, a massive a craft brewer Duvel who, you know, also owns Oma Gang and Boulevard. It's just it's just good to see that synergy. And to your point, Richard, I hope the progressions that we've made with these goods and services and innovation can continue when when all of this is behind us. Yeah, I, I hope so, too. I mean, it's been really exciting for someone like me whose background is way more in startup companies and business than brewing particularly to see the same kind of innovation that I sometimes see in tech companies happening in manufacturing uh, at at this time, particularly in breweries. Like I just love what everybody's doing and and I hope we all, uh, I hope they all continue past this point. All right. I have to interrupt the conversation very quickly. Michael, are you in your bathroom? Yes. There is a distinct <laughs> possibility that I am in the Stein lavatory. You're just now noticing that? Yeah, just like, now. Mike, just this noticed. is the first thing that I saw. I thought like, he's, yeah, me he's, too. like he's like Sir George Martin recording the Beatles. Like he's in like a latest cutting edge 60s, like, you know, high five mm-hmm. system. Hey, right, you can be your shirt. I'm in the sitting on the toilet recording the, this podcast. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a rocking but, chair. It's a rocking chair. But you chair. know what? 
the first thing that I thought, well, the second thing that I thought after I was like, oh, Mike is in his bathroom, is that Mike has children and mm-hmm. so, or a, a kid. And I have so a baby and two fur babies. Hide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I use if you heard the fur baby at the start of this, he uh, is under the bed. Uh, you know, I didn't leave any French fries there this time, but well, Jake, you have two kids, right? Indeed, three? I three, no, two, two that I know of. Um, they are... <laughs> and a rabbit, <laughs> yes. two kids and a rabbit, two kids and a rabbit, um, as well as a dog. Um, but the yeah, the rabbit presents some teleworking challenges. Um, it's like having a very dumb cat. Just kind of, <laughs> it does, it's litter box trained, but it does what it wants. It's a little rabbit brain, and this little rabbit brain tells it to uh, hop up directly onto into my workspace multiple oh times goodness. per day. You, I've heard you the... and Ezra have rabbits, and I, yes. I don't know. Like, I had rabbits when I was young, when I was eight or nine. But I, mean, I, uh, I think are they are they getting popular again? Rabbit having rabbits as pets. It's a really good pet if you're in a place where you're not supposed to have a pet because cats and dogs make noise and ah. they might smell a little bit uh-huh. rabbits don't um i will say shout out to ezra and to megan who sometimes ezra. writes for the site on occasion um we both have lop-eared rabbits at that as mm, well yeah um, now did her did, did their rabbits like to nap on laptop keyboards as well maybe their rabbit actually has a dedicated instagram account oh yeah wow. yeah i'm not i'm not there yet I like getting drunk pictures from Ezra uh, of his rabbit and beer. It's just yeah. rabbit and beer. <laughs> yeah, and for context, um, this is Ezra Rosenberg, um, formerly of uh, the beer buyer at Glenn's Garden Market. Um, yeah. Glenn's one of the uh, companies, one of the shops here that's really had to make the pivot into curbside and delivery and such. But Glenn's has always been a, a big friend to DC Beer and to Shout out to Glenn as well. And yep. Cider Lane Distilling and Cotton and Reed. He he works for Cotton and Reed now, too. That's if right. you see uh, him at the Brookland Farmer's Markets on Saturdays, say hey. <laughs> when they happen hey. again. Yeah. Uh, I mean. The, the Brookland Farmer's Market is still happening. Yeah. But you're supposed to. Um, the, the Farmer's Market samples, as, they, as has been the case in many, many places, um, have been discontinued. Yeah. And many products are. Um, they're now pre-bagged uh, sure. so that you don't have to use contact. Uh, right. You know, right. You use your social distancing measures. But um, at least at the Brooklyn Farmer's Market, I can say this because Brooklyn is my neighborhood. That's your um, you'll sometimes see Ancho. You'll sometimes see Capital Cider House. You'll sometimes see Cotton and Reed. You'll sometimes see Republic Restoratives. Uh, it's a good and right proper, obviously, since there are production facilities in the neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. It's always been a good place to sort of come by and shoot the proverbial SHIT with the <laughs> brewers and the distillers. And um, in better times, you could get a sample of this or that. Uh, but now if you need to walk the dog, walk the dog over there. And if you don't want to do delivery or uh, curbside pickup, buy your booze there at a farmer's market. Nice. All right. Yeah. I'm not sure if the Tacoma farmer's market is still going on or not. Tacoma's been moving around. Um, it, I okay. saw them over by, what is it, the girl in the vine. I've seen mm. them kind of like back behind the SunTrust Bank Plaza on Eastern. Um, they're certainly no longer taking over the, the, the street, street like they used to. That's so frustrating. Yeah. And I would always forget about it <laughs> until I, you know, I arrive. Yeah. But yeah. Speaking of farmer's markets, go buy bread from Ravenhook, a uh, bread company, my Dear friend Chris owns it, and he's been Shout out bake- to Chris. Oh, lives over on Thirteenth Street. You like Chris a lot, good dude. Ba- baking his butt off 
Mm. Uh, so yeah, go go get some bread because bread goes well with beer <laughs> and everything. Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. Bread is one of those things that oddly has become like I never thought of it as a key staple in our household. What? Um, because <laughs> my wife doesn't eat gluten. My daughter wow. isn't home, so it's just basically me and my mother-in-law. And I don't eat a huge amount of bread, like. Just not a lot, but now they're all four of us are in the house. Like I'm, I'm literally walking to the bakery two or three times a week to get a loaf of bread. Are we all becoming bread people? Are we, are we doing our sourdough starters and making bread all the time? Or no, no. no. I hate baking. I no. hate it. Oh my gosh, there's no way. I would love to do a bunch of baking and learn how to bake. I don't know how. And I've said several times to my my wife, particularly my daughter, who loves baking too, is like, let's make stuff, but then we don't have time. Because I'm working seven days a week now, like all the time. And so I'm always like, I want to do this. And then it's like eight o'clock at night. And I was like, ah, I want to do shots and go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens. No baking for me. No baking for you, Brandy? I'm just in the process of redecorating my house. So... It's keeping me busy. Yeah. So. No baking. Then I, I bake desserts. Then I eat the desserts. Mm. I, I have my bread delivered by Chris. He just comes and we social distance. He brings me bread and we do a shot of uh, something or drink some whiskey or a beer from like six feet apart on my patio. <laughs> so so does it's he, nice. How does that work though? Do you then put the shot glass down or does he come with his own uh, drinking vessel? I have a ton of hand sanitizer around the house and Clorox wipes. It just wipes. so happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, we uh, we do it very safely. Yeah. Don't worry. And he yeah. washes his hands and, yeah, yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> I need to come I'm visit so, you, Brandy. Please do. I'm actually really, really, really lucky that I have a really nice back patio. Um, mm. I have a lot of outdoor space and yeah. – um, I know a lot of people do not, and most mm-hmm. of my friends live in apartment or condos, mm-hmm. um, and they their outdoor area has been shut down. They can't go out there, so they're stuck inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, I, all my friends are wanting to come over because they know that I have the patio, but I'm I'm just being really. I have lupus and autoimmune issues, and I've had pleurisy yeah. before, and I have just lung issues, so. Yeah. It, I'm trying to be very, very cautious. Um, I'm always very um, safe and uh, clean. Sanitary. Uh, that <laughs> Sanitary. Well, because I, I also watch children. And so mm-hmm. children are little germ magnets and I wash my hands constantly. So yeah. that's something that I was used to doing anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so it's magnified because, you know, I would go out with you guys and hey yeah. try this beer have this and just walking to grocery store excuse me let me get this from right where you're standing and everyone is so far apart and i don't know it's it's very strange but all my friends want to come over because they know that i have a patio and the weather's been kind of nice and i'm like sorry guys i love you <laughs> don't, don't let them stay strong in that so i, I was going to say the same i'm immunocompromised i've had uh, type 1 diabetes since i was seven years old you know, coming of age uh, and, and learning how to drink, how to have too much of a good time safely, you know, there was a part of that as somebody with a chronic illness of like, 
screw you life. I'm going to, I'm going to grab the bull by the horns and, and have a great time. And I think anybody be it lupus, diabetes, whatever your chronic illness or condition is, it was like, we're living, we're not just living, we're thriving. And now obviously we're in a new era where we have to be super duper extra careful, um, which of course you can freak the hell out. I mean, I definitely am, am have more anxiety because of it. But if you wash the shit out of your hands, like, you know, I come back from walking the dogs and I have a small, I'm in a small apartment. I wish I did have backyard space, but I'm not about to, to, to make our systems more compromised, you know, pop over to your yard. But um, I come and walk the dogs and wash my hands four times. And I'm like, yeah, should I do a fifth time? Four is good. Four is good. I'm proud of the, I'm proud of the growth I've made today. I'm only going to wash them four times. Yeah. And so what I am freaking out, well, for two reasons, uh, my, well, I guess my ex, I'll say it, but he, we are good friends, obviously, but he's texting me constantly about the death toll and how a 30 year old <laughs> oh, teacher no. is, is die, just died. I'm like, Oh my God, you have to stop. And so I went to, yes, I haven't gone to a grocery store. I went to yes, uh, two days ago mm-hmm. and to get some more sardines. <laughs> um, and, uh, we're eating a lot of sardines too. God, I love sardines. Well, sardines I eat them awesome. all the time anyway, yeah. so that it was not a change for me. Um, <laughs> but I, I, got back and I had forgotten gloves and uh, I got home and I started flipping out. I was like, oh my God, I went to a grocery store and I've been rearranging my house. So there's dust and everything accumulating and up in the air. I have a clean house, but it's still dusty. And my, I have really bad allergies and I have asthma. So the last couple of days, my asthma has been really bad and I've, I haven't been coughing per se, but I, my lungs are tight. And so I'm flipping out over here and it's not helping that, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh my God, do I have the Corona? Right. <laughs> so every five seconds I'm like, oh no. But I, you know, and I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm not normally a paranoid person. I, right. I really am not. Uh, but during the last probably four days, I've become insanely, uh, insanely paranoid and upset and weird right. yeah shake it off shake it off uh, yeah, drink a beer. yeah. that's shake why i've been drinking so much alcohol drink <laughs> a beer saison my interesting interesting life thing has been dealing with an 18 year old daughter who's what started this whole thing in alabama which still is just like whatever <laughs> uh about the about about the whole thing uh, so we had to drive to she this is what she had to experience. I feel really bad for it because it really threw her into serious depression. She and her friends were getting ready for midterms, followed by spring break. My daughter and her best friend from like childhood had planned a trip to France and Italy for spring Aww. break. Plane tickets, hotel rooms. She paid for it all out of her own money, all of her the savings she had from working. And her school, which is a little tiny school in Bur- little liberal arts college in Birmingham, Alabama, said, hey, OK, this thing is happening. And they had no idea. It's a tiny little campus. Like the kids were like, hey, there's some weird thing happening out in the world that doesn't affect us at all. And then the school was like, OK, don't we're going to tell everybody not to come back from spring break. Go home for spring break or do whatever for spring break. Don't come home. And then they were like, and don't go overseas. If you go overseas, you need to tell us and we might not let you back into school. 
this is over, that was one day. And then the second day they said, if you go overseas, we might not let you back. And then the third day they said, yeah, we're going to extend spring break for an extra week. And then the fourth day they said, yeah, we may not have midterms. And then, then all the kids, oh, that was Friday. So all the kids are partying because it's the week before midterms. So Friday night and Saturday night, the whole campus is partying. They all get get up Sunday morning and are like, okay, we got to sober up. We got midterms. Like, you know, people are jogging. And the school announces everybody has to be off campus by five o'clock tomorrow. Like, so they all started partying again. Like, naturally. <laughs> like, it's just the booze just started to flow again. Uh, and then she got a ride with a friend who lives in Pennsylvania, had to leave all her shit. And we had to go down a few days later. And bring home everything she owned. And she was just in tears. Yeah. Like, yeah. can you imagine just having your whole life, like, picked? I mean, like, we're all at least in our homes. Like, yeah. Her right. whole life and all of her friends and everything was suddenly gone. Mm-hmm. So I feel really bad for her. But now she's stepping in. She's, like, figuring it out and trying to make the best of it. But it's weird how it's affecting everybody. Oh, gosh. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. All right, Actually, we, this is taking a downturn. Like, no, let's, I know. Let's I'm bring sorry. this back up. Whoa. Yeah. Let's get this train back on the tracks. So I, I, I'll just say that um, one bit of beer history, because I can't let this conversation go without beer history, is that at university camp, I've never been to a college campus that had a brew pub on campus. But way back in the day, um, I'll have to fact check, but I think both Harvard and William and Mary is William and Mary the oldest in Virginia? Berg, do you know? That sounds plausible. That, that yeah. sounds reasonable. So they yeah. uncovered, I'm almost positive William and Mary uncovered this, like, I want to say seven, uh, 18th century from the 1700s, I believe, uh, site of, like, where the brewery was. Um, but I can only imagine being, you know, and also college, that whole notion has changed so much in terms of, you know, just... 18 being an age where you're legal, you can vote, you can fight, you can't drink beer, which I'm not going to go down, not going to get the train off mm-hmm. on that track. But that being said, um, you know, I think there's lots of points in time in American history where 18 year olds have done incredible things. So shout out to the youth of America for being adap- adaptable and, and willing to change, you know? Yeah, my kid, uh, she asked me last night, me and a bunch of friends who were playing cards against humanity online in a little zoom situation and she said hey me and my friends are going to do that tomorrow night and her friends are the children of the friends that i was playing with she was like can i have your permission to have some alcohol (laughs) and i was like yes you can (laughs) you can have some alcohol you can have a couple beers (laughs) sure (laughs) thanks for asking first yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, like, definitely. like, thanks for not trying to sneak it in. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, and I think I was, I had a, a beer historian Zoom the other week with like Teresa McCullough and uh, Jennifer Jordan from University of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We we're talking about how um, Wisconsin was the last to adapt the drinking age. And even then, they had to like federally be like, hey, we're not going to pave your highway unless you institute the national drinking age and then still to this day in milwaukee or in wisconsin if you are 18 16 14 and with a parent or legal guardian you can have a beer at a bar as i understand it which is yeah, like i think it's 18 but i'm not positive yeah, my brother-in-law 18. lives in milwaukee and it's like with your parents consent if you're out and about um then yeah go for it 
Yeah, just like, and that's that's American drinking history. That's beer history right there. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that history, I think, is going to change substantially in, yeah. the, in the aftermath of that and how people look at, at alcohol and the sales and distribution of alcohol, I think, is going to be drastically different a year from now than it is today. Well, we should probably start to wrap this conversation up. Oh, um, man. And I, 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 yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm reluctant to do it as well. But I have to say, I have tried really hard uh, in the DC Beer Show over time to not let it be just another podcast with people like randomly talking about crap while drinking beer. And that's essentially what this episode was. But I, I think did this it. episode needed it. <laughs> like we, we needed it now. Like <laughs> I just needed to hang out with folks and talk about beer. Uh, and listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this, uh, our, our little chat session. Anybody have anything that they want to say? I've got a couple of final thoughts, but I want to make sure everybody says their finals. Jake, what do you got? I just want to say um, everyone should keep on keeping on. Um, please, please, please keep buying beer from your locals. Buy directly from breweries, if at all possible. And if not, buy from the small mom and pops. If you're not drinking, and uh, that's cool too. Get certificates, swag, t-shirts, hoodies. Keep all the small businesses in business that you possibly can because chains may be able to survive this um, in ways that small businesses can't. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Please, Brandy? please go. Yeah, please go. And as far as I know, all the brewers, breweries are doing curbside. You can, you know, call them or find out somehow how they're you know distributing booze but uh don't go to grocery stores i mean because the breweries and distilleries are doing everything to keep it sanitary and wiping stuff down all the time and taking precautions and a lot of grocery stores aren't necessarily doing that and not at the same level no 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 and and most of my friends uh literally (laughs) are brewers and distillers and or work at breweries or distilleries and you know, they're all having a really hard time with trying to figure out how to pay their their staff. And, and you know, so many people are uh, going, you know, on unemployment. And so we just have to be, I'm really lucky. Yes, I have a side job that I work at a distillery, but I also still have my day job. I'm, I'm a nanny. And uh, kids are resilient. They're probably not going to, some of them may not remember this, but um I the money that I am getting from my job is going all to booze and to paying my rent. So, um, so yeah, uh, please support all the local businesses because they're they're really doing their best and trying to make everybody survive this. Yeah. So, so I'll echo those statements um, and actually read something that um, LT Goodluck, who's a brewer at Hellbender, Brandy already Woo-hoo. shouted out Hellbender, and I'll shout hey. out some others, but. LT said, grateful that I'm still working. We're canning our flagship Bare Bones Kolsch and Ignite IPA today and releasing Serves You Rice, our Purple Rice Saison collaboration with Black Narrows and Think Rice on Friday, which was just last Friday. And so I'll just say that LT is grateful. We are grateful for people like him, for people like Josh Chapman at Black Narrows down, you know, uh, Eastern Virginia. We're grateful to Blue Jacket, who who are canning the pants off their beers. Um, we're grateful to Red Bear for being able to stay open. They're getting their beer into cans. Um, yes. For, to DC Brow to write proper. We're grateful for all of the brewers out there who are just just giving us exactly what we need right now. 
And I texted Erica Goodrich at the craft beer cellar and I said, just keep going. And we want to, we really want to deliver that message because the best thing you can do right now is to keep going. Well, we're all here uh, to try to help them keep going and to help the community know about what's going on. So if you want an updated list of what breweries and restaurants who cater to craft beer lovers like ourselves are doing in terms of to-go and delivery, go to dcbeer.com and check out our uh, our constantly updated uh, list for that. Uh, I also want to say to all of our friends at Gordon Biersch and the District Chop House, if there's anything anybody at DC Beer or dcbeer.com or the DC Beer Show can do for any of y'all, just give us a call. Uh, we know it's a tough situation uh, that they're all going through as they have all closed. Uh, everyone's lost their jobs. You can always keep track of what we're doing uh, at DC Beer and, and what's going on in the in the community by following at DC Beer on all the social medias. Twitter is a great place to uh, follow all of the the in-depth conversations between all of the knowledgeable people in the community, Instagram and Facebook for more fun, what we're drinking kind of stuff. Uh, and check out check out the website, of course, dcbeer.com. And, you know, tell your friends about the DC Beer Show. There's a lot more time to listen to podcasts, uh, and we'd love it if more <laughs> folks could, uh, you know, if more folks uh, found out about what we're doing here. So give us ratings and reviews at Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us. And, uh Everybody, all of us, stay safe, be kind to one another, and keep drinking lots of beer. Cheers. Blaze on with your stays on. Thanks to Jake Berg, Michael Stein, and Brandy Holder for joining the DC Beer Show. Talk to you next time. Love you guys. Love you. you.